but we're having quite a response from people that don't that have never seen them. So, uh, uh, I, as a matter of fact, it's turning their life around after just one or two nights. It's turning, and I'll tell you what I said Wednesday. I know everybody knows this, and even the the people that saw this said, "Oh, well, yeah, I know that stuff." Well, that just means that you could probably figure it out if someone gave you a test. But until it's down in here, you won't be casting any devils out. You won't be, you'll, be, you'll be afraid when someone says you're not going to get to do that. When you have it down in here, though, you become fearless. You just become fearless. So we're going to get it down in here. The main thing we all need, the main thing, teach on love. Okay, teach on faith. Okay. The main thing we all need, the thing that the whole New Testament's written about is who are you in Christ Jesus? Got to find out who you are. Well, I know who I am. I'm going to heaven. No, that's, that's just a very, very small part of what, of what you get to do based on who you are. And I was telling Deborah Ann, you know, this morning we have long talks on the porch about the kingdom and, you know, that most people do not know who they are and that if you cannot demonstrate the word on earth, you can't pass the prosperity test that you believe because of what you've been doing, you're supplied or the healing test. You've never seen a miracle. You've never heard of anybody. How can you be confident you're going to heaven? People are just hoping because they're in a church that they all say, we think we're going to heaven. That's not enough. You've got to know when you're knower. How many of y'all know we're all alone when we pass that test? And uh, I heard Debbie say on a tape the other day, it was funny uh, the, the way she said it. She's, uh, she hollered a little bit back then. I forgot how much she hollered when she was ministering. But she said, you ain't even going to get to go to St. Peter and get the questionnaire. You ain't even going to get to fly by heaven and see. You'll be in hell so fast if you're not born again. You, it'll be warm. At the moment you close your eyes, it'll start getting warm. I mean, she went on and on. I, you know, that's right. That's, uh, it's uh, it's going to be such a shock to so many. But we're... We're in John chapter 14. Let's look in verse 6. We're doing some basic things, and we get the basics right. Listen, your learning curve will go up, and your confidence will be out the door. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Didn't say I have it, didn't say I brought it. He said, I am it. I am the source of the way the only way, I am the truth. So there's things we found out that, that are true, but they're not the truth. Look in John chapter 8. Slip back to John chapter 8. Let's look in verse 31. I have been meditating this scripture this week. Just, I mean, sometimes the best scriptures are the ones that you just know so well, you just don't even pay attention. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Let's just stop there for a second and take out some uh, details there and just go straight to the sentence structure. He said, if ye continue in my word, verse 32, ye shall know the truth. It's not learned. It's not scholarly. He said, if ye continue in my word, ye shall know the truth. There's no... The same thing he said, I am the truth. Well, he is the word. So if you continue in the word, you're going to know the truth. There's nothing more important going on in your life than you and I knowing the truth. 
knowing the truth. The word knowing there is not saying I, I can repeat it or I can, um, uh, I can detail it. Know the truth. That's when you become the same truth that Jesus is. You, we, you and I don't origin like he does. We don't originate as the son of God truth, but we now are sons of God, and him in us means that the truth is in us. Can you go there? Can you leap there just a little bit? It's not a head thing that says, well, if I'm feeling good and been awake a couple hours, had a good nap, and, you know, I can, I can tell you the truth. No, it's in us. And what we are comes out. So you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So we can just say, knowing the truth makes you free, or truth is freedom. Truth is freedom. Now, this is simple. We're just dissecting this, this verse, but we're making it reality. There is no freedom without truth. Now, you just think about all the bound people that don't know truth. And how bound they really are. This whole Washington thing, this whole political thing, it is not left and right. It's not blue and red. It's not conservative liberal. It's godless. That's all it is. When you are godless, you make it up as you go. You scramble to make you look good because there's nothing good about you. It's all the godless. Totally. So you can't fight them with argument and rationale because there's always a little slippery fish that jumps back out of the boat. And uh, you just go, so we, we can't fight them. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We, we can't. You, and we have to turn off Fox News. I, I like to watch the truth. And I believe that, generally speaking, they, they, they report it. But it gets me agitated yeah. when I find out what they're saying and what they're doing and the lies of the devil. I do not like to look on what the devil's doing. It just gets me agitated. And I, you know, and then I'm mad at everybody about everything. You know, the lights are on and the air conditioner's not working. Yeah, everything's just, you know, so I have to turn it off. Just tune in a little bit. Enough to pray. Enough to stay uh, aware of it. I, I didn't mean to get off on that. But the truth is, is you're only as free, not how you feel. Not what you can do. You're only as free as the truth that you're operating by. We can all navigate. There's, we're in a system, a world system of navigation. Who do you know? What can you do? Can we get a loan for this? Can we get a job that does this and navigate our bills? And It's all navigation. It's all uh, working the system. But that's not what we're called to do. We're supposed to know the truth. Now, we know Jesus and Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the word. So if you don't know the word, you don't know Jesus, and you don't know truth. There is no other way. So you can, you can have not much IQ, not be that, that quick, but know this, and be way ahead of anybody that's way out there with an IQ and all that. So ye shall know the truth. So my main quest in, in life is, is, uh, is not to defeat the devil, and not to be a better person, and not to uh, uh, navigate my bills and navigate my body and all that. My whole quest is go to the root, know the truth, meditate the truth. Matter of fact, let's go to, uh, uh, where could we go? Well, let's just go to Romans 4, uh, Romans 10. Let's go to Romans 10 and just, just tie that right in. Now, like I said, I know you know all this. We are not doing anything new here. But it, it encourages us to, 
to not fall off. Because sometimes we get what the word calls weary in well-doing, thinking I have been studying this thing and reading this thing. Surely let we can go do something else. Never. Verse 17 says, so then, so he's, he's in a discourse there, and he finishes it by saying, so then faith cometh, in italics, it could be any word, it could be faith arises, faith hearkens, faith awakens, faith is inspired by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The reason that cometh is not necessarily the best word, because it makes it seem like that you don't have any faith, until you hear the word. But the fact is, is Romans 12 tells us that when you are born again, we, the faith of God was put in us. But it's just like little Trace, grandson. He's got everything I've got, every muscle, every, everything that you need. But he's very immature. And it's in a very small package. I'm not in a small package anymore. But it's just, it's just his stuff bigger. It's just his stuff developed. And you and I, we have faith in us, all right? But we develop it or in, are inspired by hearing. It causes us to grow. It is faith food. It's faith food that causes us to grow. So faith comes by hearing or by uh, it's inspired or it rises by hearing, meditating, and hearing the word of God. Faith for engineering comes by hearing the word of engineering. It's not even like it's a spiritual principle. Amen? Faith for cooking comes by hearing the word of cooking. And so you become an expert cook and you, you know some things. And, and, and so we, we have to give ourselves to the word of God, to truth in order to do that. So if you don't pursue truth, if you don't uh, give yourself the truth to operate truth, then you're not free. And you, you don't even know you're not free. Have you ever been someplace and, and, uh, and, or done something, and all of a sudden the responsibility was taken off of you, and you didn't even know how bound you were or how, how encumbered you were until it was taken off. We're all that. We've acclimated to being in bondage. And we're, we're acclimated to symptoms. Ah, we can pay no attention to that. It hurts, but it always hurts. It's always hurt. And so we'll just, just hurt. We'll be okay. See, that's, you don't even know until that thing's gone. And she read the testimony this morning. It's like, we didn't even know it was gone for two hours. We're so used to it. When you're used to not having money, when you're used to uh, poverty or dearth. I was raised in lack. Not because my parents didn't make money and we didn't have money. They just took all of our money and put it in a farm in West Texas. All of it. And that was their plan. It wasn't like, well, what are we going to do? No, they knew what they, they were doing it. And uh, my resentment back earlier was that, you know, I, we couldn't have anything. We, <laughs> we were poor, and yet everybody was working day and night and making money. But, but it was all going to an investment. It's just kind of hard on little kids. When everybody's working, we're not on welfare. We're all, my dad's in the Air Force. He's making, he's working a side job. I'm working after school every day. My mother's working. Two sorry little brothers never turned to tap, but, uh, you know, they were freeloading along and it worked out for them. But my point is, is you can be in lack or poverty or uh, need and not even know it is. You never know you're in lack until you get around kids that because we went to West Texas and all my farmer cousins all had these humongous toys from Christmas. And we just had 
Well, actually, we didn't get our Christmas till we came back from Texas because it would be so disappointing to take our little, our little piece of coal, our little orange or apple out there and compare it. And we never knew. We left at 3 o'clock in the morning. We were gone 30 days wherever we were. And we never knew why Mother went back in the house. She always forgot something at 3 o'clock in the morning. And she was putting out Santa Claus and putting out everything. And we got it when we came back in January. I, it's just an interesting life. But I never knew we didn't have anything until I was around my cousins. I'm belaboring this, but I'm saying when you get free, you, sometimes you don't even know you were bound. And so we, we have to get free by revelation, not by feeling. Because you could say, oh, I have plenty. Well, you have plenty. What do you, does that mean? Well, we live out in the shack, out in the country, and, you know, we, we pump our water and, and go to the outhouse, and we, you know, we, we have plenty. We have everything you need. But you can't help anybody. I said you can't help anybody. And so I like what they said at the game yesterday about Coach Saban. I don't like to talk about Alabama football on, TV, on Sunday, but... This is important. He said they talk about a standard, and the standard's not the team that they're playing. The team members said, we don't even usually know who we're playing because it doesn't matter whether we're playing Clemson or if we're playing La Tech. We have a standard, and we execute the standard, not the, the adversary doesn't matter. And that's what the kingdom is wanting, is for us to have mastery. So no matter what our need is, we're not, we're not programmed for, to meet the need. We're programmed for the standard of my God supplies and I have seed to sow. If we're supposed to be rich, then it doesn't matter what your rent is or your payment is. You've got to put on abundance so that you can be a demonstration to others and so that you can supply others. You can't help anybody. You go, well, I don't need to. Nobody ever comes around that needs help because God's not sending them because you can't do it. Well said. Well said, Michael. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Amen. So truth is the dividing line in our life. It is not our bills. It is not our talents or what, how pretty we are or what kind of fut a, a past we had. I didn't have a bad past. My growing up was not negative or bad. I, I'm telling it like it is now, but it, it was not because there's rich kids that had everything that didn't have as good a life as I did. So it had nothing to do with money. Money is not the standard here. But supply is. And so truth is a dividing line in your life. It's not getting more money. Well, if we had money, that would, that, that would fix everything. No, it wouldn't. It would just change one set of challenges for another. Rich people are not happy people. They have to worry about someone getting their money. And they're constantly in, in array about that and what to do. And really wealthy people called philanthropists they spend all of their day giving away because they cannot spend what they have on their physical man. They, even if they spent $500 million put an airport out the back door, $500 million, well, they make that every th three and a half or four days. What are you going to do next weekend? It occupies your whole life. So that's not the issue. Money is not your issue. Well, if I was just healed. I know lots of healed people that are just miserable. You all know those people. And they squander their lives. So that's not it. Truth is the dividing line in our life. And so we got to find out what's in our truth bucket. What's in your truth bucket? Is what's in your truth bucket true? Likely not. Parts of it are, but likely not. 
The reason is, is because we operate or function according to what we believe is truth. This is where it's going to get a little sticky. We could do better, but not until we change what's in our truth bucket. You can't, you can't operate. We're all operating out of what we believe is true. Now, if you believed it was only true that you go to church every day, and that was your standard of truth, then, then you and I are failing miserably. We're hitting two times a week. Or if you go to Pastor Moss's three times a week. Or if you go over to church that does Thursday, four days. But, but we're all failing. But the truth is, one day before he comes for us, we at River Church will be operating every single day in some sort of ministry or service. We will be having healing ministries. You say, well, Pastor, you're going to be busy. Oh, no. I'm equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Because there's just one of me, and I, I don't even want seven day for me. I'm thrilled to give myself and thrilled to minister the word and thrilled to lay hands on people. But the greatest thrill is that you help somebody get where they can do it because that's a blessing in their life. So I don't even intend to, to, to minister that. I'm going on vacation, y'all. I'm going to the beach <laughs> occasionally. I'm not, I'm not retiring. I'm not going anywhere. Neither are you. We are ministers of the gospel, but we got to get up to the standard of truth of what the kingdom expects, what it's calling normal or, or the call on our life. We've all sold out to a lower call. Good enough is good enough. We've all sold out to a lower call. Well, this is important. The Lord expects you to supply for your family. The Lord expects you, you that people are always telling you, the Lord gave you a brain, he expects you to use it. I've heard all this trash talk. Have you? Yeah, we have. It's like, you, that's not in the truth. That's in your truth bucket, but it's not in God's. I don't have to go to church because of this, that, and the other. It's just liar, liar, pants on fire. It's just, it's just you've, you've, you're not free because you want to be in that realm of laziness or apathy or uh, no responsibility or whatever. It's not the truth. We're going to be all called to account for what's in our truth bucket because we had access to the truth. He said, I am the truth. And if you, if you know the truth, if you know it like, know it, know is a word in the Old Testament that we talked about the intimacy between husband and wife. That was the, he knew her, if you'll go back to Genesis. That's a very intimate term. Know the truth. Intimate. Personal. Amen. So I'm on a, I'm on a truth quest. But you've got to be a lover of truth. Otherwise, you'll just go, okay, we're going to set the timer. And so for 60 minutes, we're going we're gonna to pound it out. But boy, on the ding of that 60 minutes... We're going to shut this thing up, and we're going to go watch this some football. Well, nothing wrong with that, except that's not exactly how it works. You've got to be a lover of truth, where you go, oh, it's already up. I know this is a weird people. I know that I'm setting a standard out here that is so un-American and oh, so, so beyond the line. But we got a standard here out of the Word, and I'm going to preach that standard no matter how ill-culturally it fits. And then if anybody says, I got it, then, then we're good. If one person says, that, that, that fed me, it changed my life, but everybody else said, no, nah, that's a bunch of junk. That's, it's off of me. So truth is the dividing line in my life. What I do with truth 
determines my whole future. Not my job, not my inheritance, not my health, not the symptoms in my, none, none of that. None of that determines my future. What determines my future is how much do I love truth? Well, just by you being here at River Church, and this, this, is, a, this is a very difficult thing in life to attend this church with this setting, with this time of our life. It's, it's too hard for almost everybody. So you're already a lover of truth because that's all we got here. And I know every church says we got the truth, and, and, and I, I give them that. But I believe we really do, that we're, at, we're after it. We're after it. I don't say everything we get, do is that, but we're after it. We're, we're certainly open to correction. And uh, so the, the desire for truth is the beginning of freedom. Suddenly you are willing to confront things in your life that are not true, but we operate based on a, a truth that was given to us early and formed inside of us saying, well, that's true. You just have to go to church on Sunday morning and just do the best you can. That's, and that's not in the word different than that, but I'm just saying people get that. Like, why, why would you go on Wednesday? I mean, I've had them like, really? Why would you do that? Because their whole thing about truth is, is God's taken role and, and that's what Sundays are for. Why would you come on Wednesday? What are y'all teaching? I, and I've been to those churches on Wednesday where they had a business meeting and they fought about the money and the preacher got too much and, and his mileage, you know, we don't want I've been to all those meetings and my mother still goes to them. Had a real good business meeting last night. I'm not criticizing her. I'm just saying I used to be there, but ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Having a church night that you talk about the money. Anyway, you know, truth makes you strong. Let's say that together. Truth makes me strong because you're free. And there's, there's a maintenance mode to walking by faith. You have to maintain it. You can't say truth came by hearing. No, truth comes. Faith comes by hearing. And, and faith is simply the process of putting truth in. If, is that right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word then the word being truth, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the truth. So hearing the truth ongoing maintains or grows me in faith. So, but every day I have to use my faith. I'm going to tell you, faith is an expendable and measurable commodity. You use your faith, you have to replenish it. In your head, you still got it. It's still like, I know those things that I knew yesterday, but it's down here, the cachet or the reservoir for faith down here rises and ebbs, flows and ebbs. You can use your faith and it, it be diminished. If you can add to it, you can certainly deplete it. Just go for a year without reading the Bible and see where you are. Just, just go a week without hearing the word. And it's not measurable to you and I, but it certainly is because we can measure it over a period of time and we can say, yeah, I'm not in faith like I used to be. Well, that means it's incremental that every day it rose or it fell based on what you and I did with the word. So we got to be a lover of truth and you have to pray that because it doesn't come naturally. It's it's like uh, it's like exercise. I, I know, Melissa, 
She loves to run. She loves, and Lisa, she exercised. Hoo, 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 hoo. Oh, that isn't that great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me. Not me. The exercise to me is just close to work. <laughs> but I go. I'm going now. I'm going almost, well, not every day, but I'm going a lot. You want me, you want to see this or you want to wait till after church? <laughs> it isn't there. It isn't there. But I'm saying you got to pray a desire for truth in. You got to say, Lord, I want your truth. And I love your word. When, when in fact your feelings, your affections, your emotions are not, I love your word. You have to start saying, I love, I love what, what, what's healthy that we could eat that's uh, uh, green beans. I, when I was growing up, I ate greens. My mother said, you will eat them green beans. I've counted them in every one of them. I'm going to watch them going in. And I, I gagged at them. So I put mustard on my green beans to get them down. And it was just a great day when the green beans were gone because then you could get the real food. Well, that's the way the word is. You got sometimes you just got to you got to put what you can on them on it until you desire it. Now, I'm a green bean eater now. Love them. But I'd hated them in the day. Well, we got to love the truth. Love the word. Now, you know, the truth here, almost every church, including the one next door, the things that we preach and teach would blow their little lives out of the water. Because we're full strength right now. I mean, we, we, we've acclimated to this kind of talk and this kind where y'all are not upset at all. It's like, yeah, bring it, preach it. But over there, this is not what they're getting. This would be a full dose for them. And I don't mean that I'm not demeaning them. I'm just saying anybody that's not used to this. We didn't get here one day. We had to acclimate. And some people can't take the dose at first, and it takes a little bit. You've got to encourage them. So... Uh, so faith is simply a process of putting truth in. It comes by hearing, so we have to hear. We've got to go where the Word's preached. So that means now we can, not cassette tapes, but DVDs or, or uh, your iPod or something. You've got to put something in. Because you can't get what you want out of the Word if you don't have a platform, or better said, a storage place, a, a, a place where you can put the Word so that you can... You can access it. If you want to pay for, if you want to buy a car without debt, guess what you got to do? You got to stave up. You got to put 35 grand together and then just get a kind of a basic model at 35 or something, you know. You got to put some cash together. So you got to you got to put it up and then all of a sudden you release it to the bank or the car place and they they give you the shiny red thing. Well, that's the way faith is. You got to you got to put it in. Put it in. So that when somebody comes by, your, 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 your baby, you, you got to raise her from the dead. You got you to you gotta fight this terminal thing. You got to have something there. But if it's $60 worth of, of spiritual capital and you got $1.99, you can't pay out. And everybody's like, well, I'll just, I'll just do it when it comes. You got to save up. Or you got to go into debt. You got to find somebody that can come in and do the job for you. But then, then after they leave, you're back to a dollar ninety-nine. That sort of makes sense. So, so we're having to put it in all the time because we don't know what the need is. And a matter of fact, the need is going to be whatever you put in. He, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, and many are called, but few are chosen. He's going to choose you according to what you do during the week and the month and the year. You don't put much in, you're not even going to get called. 
You're not going to be on the go and save them and deliver them and raise them up team. Why would he? So we're getting strong here. I'm just plowing this thing like we got a day coming where where like like we like we're going to bail ourselves out of jail or something and we got to have $100,000. We're putting it in every week. Every every week as hard and as fast as we can. We're putting as much in this as as two things. As I can as, as I can bear and as you can bear. I don't claim to be something wonderful or to know a whole lot, but I know as much as anybody in here, and so as I just keep that going until I get more, until you get more. There's a process here. And it, we hadn't got to the we hadn't got to the uh, we hadn't got to the Olympics yet, but we're getting ready. We're training every day. We're getting a little faster every day. We're knocking a little off of our time every day where we, there's a confidence and, a, and a, a boldness that says, I couldn't do it last year, but bless God, I can do something this year. So we're working things out that are little, things that are weak, things that are small. We're working those out of our thinking. I'm just a worm. I, well, I'm nobody, and I came from nowhere to over here like, well, Jesus has made me who I am, and he's put this in me, and I am in him. Putting that in, so suddenly our head is not fighting who we are down here. It's an agreement. Let's take this. Let's take this. We can do this. It never could before, but now we can. Let's take this. And that's what we're doing. It's a process. I love Coach Saban. I mean, his, his modes of teaching. <laughs> <laughs> Can't listen to everything he says. Hallelujah. <laughs> so uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians. I want you all to know you're on the course. You're on the way. You're, you're in the right place. Nothing around us is, is confirming that. Nothing. Nothing, nothing in, our, in our sense realm is confirming that we're on the right track. I get that. Uh, but if you're an Olympian, nothing, nothing confirms that. If you're anything... When you go to school, you go to the university and get a degree so you can be a, be a, a teacher or be a whatever. At the time of training, nothing is confirming it. But you just have this down here that says, that's what he wants me to do. And I had, so I'm on this course. But at the time, nothing's lining up. You're at a deficit. There's a debt there where you're, you're pouring out, you're giving out, and nothing's coming in. It's an investment. And that's what we're doing. We're investing the word. We could have parties every week. We could fellowship all the time. We could do the fun thing. Lots of churches are just social. The reason they grow, the reason they're big, the reason people come is because they like to be entertained. And the worship is very entertaining. Very entertaining. You see things you ain't never seen before. And those concert tickets to Billy Bob Doody Doo, you know, are $40. But you can go to church for free. You can stiff them every time. You don't have to put nothing in. <laughs> and it's a really good concert. And they talk about what we want to talk about. They talk about the Lord. But like I told you a few weeks ago, worship is personal. No one can worship for you. So watching them worship or whatever they're doing does not count. And if you don't do it at home, you didn't ever do it. Because you can't do in a public place what you can't do at home or what you don't do at home. If you don't ever do it at home, you never did it in a concert where everybody was so-called in the activity of doing it. Now, I'm just on this subject a little bit, but uh, I I'm telling you, 
there's no payoff there. People like to be entertained, and people like to be fulfill their obligation, and they think God wants them to go to church. But God doesn't care if you go to church. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be equipped. And that's just what we do is we go to church to do that. Or not. You could go to church and not get equipped. We, we got options here, but you wouldn't like them now. You used to have liked them, but you wouldn't like them now. If we partied and played and, and did all that, you would not like it because you are, you are your main line in the word now. You come and if the pastor doesn't have a word, we give him two more Sundays and then we're thinking about some stuff. Okay, he had a bad, you know, he had a bad week. He's just whatever. But we're mainliners now. I'm going to get the tape anyway. Chapter 4, verse 17, for our light affliction, our light affliction. So, so Christianity is not an exemption from affliction. Paul said here to the church, he said, we're going to have light affliction, which just here it means pressure or adversity. You're going to have something that contradicts your faith. Let me just tell you, no matter what you're believing, no matter what you know that's truth, there's going to be a contradiction because what you know is down in here. It's in the unseen realm, but the contradiction is out here where you can see it, you can feel it, you can touch it. It is real, but it's in this flesh realm, this sense realm, and it's saying, not on my watch. You're not going to have what you, you're not going to have a miracle on our watch because we got tests and we got protocols and it's not happening. He said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Could you just praise God with me right now? It's just for a moment. He can't last. Well, people said, well, you know, I've had this thing for 20 years and God's going to heal me someday because I got a prayer by Brother Doodledoo back in 1998. And I, you know, I, no. No, no. Faith has done war out since then. If an aspirin wears off in a day, let me just tell you, that prayer 20 years ago is gone. you got to have something fresh. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So when I go, I don't do this. I just do the treadmill. I'm just being honest about my... Uh, this exercise thing is new to me, so... Uh, uh, and Blue Cross is paying for it, or I wouldn't be down there now. <laughs> or Medicare. Maybe Medicare is paying for it. I don't even know who's paying for it. But anyway, it's $45, and I don't get a bill, so I'm down there. And you have to go eight times a month, or they won't let you come back. So I'm down there twice a week. It's, it's funny. The only reason I'm telling you about it, it's just so funny to hear me talk about exercise. But um, where was I? Um, but I'm, I'm, it's light affliction. I don't, I'm not pushing on those, but, 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 but after 15 minutes of this treadmill, I'm ready. <laughs> and so it's a light affliction to me. It's just for a moment, but it works for me because when I come back the next time, I can go 16 minutes before I don't like it. And then, you know, I'm, I'm already worked up. The first time I came, I didn't like it after six minutes. And now I got it inclined, and I, you know, I got all sorts of little bells and whistles working on me where I, I am the man that's walking. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm telling you. But it, it's a faith lesson. It's like, okay, I, I, 20 minutes, I can do it. 
and your, the affliction, you would never get in faith if there wasn't a resistance against you to overcome, which triggers victory. When you, when you whip whatever adversity is, when you get to the end of it, then you can rest or you can sit down saying, nailed it, got it. And so you can handle a bigger one because there's a confidence in you now. We won. Victory begats victory. Once you win at anything, you believe you can win at it again. That's why we got to take, that's why we got to not do the little. In the summer in July, there was only about uh, uh, a half a dozen people that were able to come at certain times during the summer. That's a bad optic. Let me just tell you all honestly how it works. It's a bad optic. It's hard on all of us. We begin to have a, a, a door open that makes us think things that aren't true. About the kingdom, about church, about pastor, about, about anything. The devil just says, there's a door open, I'm going through it. So we're just not going to have that bad optic. Amen. We just, we just had to guard all of us. We just had to not... Sometimes you, you have to turn off the... the uh, let me tell you, turn off the commercials that talk about new medicines that have side effects that will hurt you. Dear Lord, I... I Mute. Now, when I was growing up, we had to go out with the pipe wrench and turn the antenna to get one of the three channels. What show is it on? It's on ABC. Ah, we'll turn that to Hobbs. No, this one's on NBC. Turn that one to Midland. No, this one's on CBS. We turn the pipe wrench to Lubbock. I know this is crazy. But I remember, I remember uh, pay phones, <laughs> and they're gone. And so, but now we got this thing. We got the clicker. So you can mute that little puppy. Just mute it and don't listen to that. If you want to watch Magnum P.I. or whatever and you don't want to give it up, but it's got these commercials, you got, you, there's a, you got to mute this stuff. You cannot let it come in your sense realm. You go, ah, I just ignore that. You, you think you do, but it's in there just like when you put the word in. By his stripes I was healed. You put the word in, you don't feel anything. Do you feel anything when you put the word in? No. So you don't feel anything when you put a bad commercial in or Halloween or the evil. We don't go where there's Halloween. We don't go where there's that stuff, evil. We don't go where there's Harry Potter. We don't go where there's witchcraft. We don't go there because it's, 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 it's uh, not discernible to the senses, but it's, it's got a weight or a substance it's, that affects us down here. And we're going to guard our heart, Proverbs 4 says, uh, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So we're guarding ourselves. Man, there's plenty of junk that gets in with you on guard. Plenty of junk. Oh, where was I? Okay, verse 17. So it works for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So it's talking about faith here. It's talking about truth here. You got to put it in because there's going to be pushback. Well, okay, it's but for a moment. But what, what if it wants to come for six months? What if it wants to come as something in your body that's that just shows up and the doctor says, I, I found this level in your body and this, we're going to check it out and throw you through some tests. And okay, we're finding out that now your liver quivers and your, your, your kidneys are bouncy and you know, whatever. All those things have an effect on you when you hear the doctor tell you, we got trouble, but we think we can do it. And once you fall into the medical realm, Garland can tell you, all of you can tell you once, you, once you step one little foot into the medical rim, it sucks you in. 
And it's hard to get out. It's hard to say, I've had enough. So you just got, we got to stay out of there. Well, how do you stay out of there? You become strong. You just get strong. You just work out every day. Ah, 16 minutes. I did it. Ah, do 17 minutes next tomorrow. Go from 2% incline to 3%. I put it on 10 the other day and about fell off the back. <laughs> that 10% is something else. I know. I need to talk to, to Melissa. She, this is all old stuff. Her and Lisa just go. Verse 18, why we look not. So there's a plan here. There's a protocol of how to get where the affliction is light and where it's just for a moment. We look not at the things which are seen. The word look there, you know it says take aim. We take, we don't let it get in us. We do not look at the things which are seen. And that includes the senses. All of the sense realm is under that word seen. What you hear, what you read, what you meditate, it affects your faith. And we're, we're endeavoring to be lovers of truth. And when something that's not true, that's not truth, excuse me, it's true. Your levels are this and your, your, uh, your uh, something or another is that. They're, they're telling what's true, but it's not the truth. What is the truth? By his stripes I was healed. That is the truth, and it's a, got a contradiction what the, what the doctor or your financer or whatever says. This is true. This is true. You owe this much, and it's due now. This is true. We, you signed it. You, we got your name. We, it's true. So there's a contradiction. The Word says... He became poor that I through his poverty might be made rich. That is the truth. But, the, but they're calling and saying, we're coming after your car if you don't pay the money. And this is true. So there's a contradiction. All of us every day wake up to a faith contradiction. The seen realm and the unseen realm. And every day we have to resolve it. And if you don't resolve it, it will resolve itself. It will always go to the seen realm, won't it? Dr. Cole always said, things left to themselves just naturally go to the devil. You can never work on your house all year long, and you can be next door to a house that got abandoned all year long, and that house will look like it's falling down, boards are coming off of it, the paint's peeling, and you didn't paint yours, but somehow, because you live there, Pretty decent. I'd live there another year. How is that? Things left to themselves. So we have to stay in a maintenance mode. You can't take off. You cannot take off. You didn't take off. You pulled your life down. There's no, they're like, I really like to take off. The way of the transgressor is hard. It's not hard to be in faith. Know the truth. The truth sets you free. I want to be free. I don't, I, don't want to go, I don't want to be in bondage one day saying, well, I took off from freedom. We had us a day in bondage. No, we don't, we don't believe that. So what's in our truth bucket? We've got to find out what's in your truth bucket. Well, the Lord doesn't, you know, the Lord uses some things sometimes, put things on you or allows things to be put on you to teach you a lesson. If that's in your truth bucket, you've got to lie in your truth bucket, and you cannot be free. You, are, you will not be free with that in your truth bucket. So what we do here and what you do when you get in the Word is we hammer that thing out. 
It's stuck in that bucket. It's, it's pulling. It wants to stay. We are hammering. We are purging our truth bucket of everything that's not truth. Even though it may be true. Well, the doctor said I had diabetes and, and my levels show it and mama had it. Daddy had It's true, but it's not truth. But truth won't help us until we know it. Not know of it, but know it. Not know it here, but know it here. You know you're going to heaven? Do you know it? Oh, we, if we don't know anything, we know we're going to heaven. We know that down here. Have you been? No. Do you know anybody that's been? No. How do you know? Because the Word says so. It's truth. And I know that truth. So you've got to know some other truth. Because that's not the end of your life. That's, well, that is the end of your life in the sense of earth. But that's not what you're going to be facing. For our light affliction, we have light affliction. The storm, Jesus said, go to the other side. But in the middle of the lake, there was light affliction. And Jesus said, boys, I told you to go to the other side. The word go to the other side had power to go to the other side. And by his stripes, ye were healed, has power to overcome diabetes, which is true. But truth prevails over true. But you've got to know. You've got to know truth to be free of that. What they say is true becomes a lie or a lower truth. Uh, it's not truth, but to the truth that sets you free. So... Uh, what is faith? Faith is simply this, that you are in agreement with God's Word. There's no schism or division among you. You agree with God's Word. The doctor says you got diabetes. The Word says by His stripes you are healed. The contradiction, the contradiction has to be solved by the Word, and what you, you either agree with the Word or you you do not agree with it, even though you say, I agree with it. We, we can't count our head knowing. You can't, know, you can't say, but I agree up here. That doesn't, you have to cut it off right here. <laughs> no head vote. No head votes. I know, I know what's true. No, that doesn't count if you know it up here. You have to know it down here. And if you know it down here, you won't flinch, you won't flitter, you won't hesitate, you won't draw back. You will be unwieldy. You will be unbending. Well, that's where we are. If truth, if faith comes by hearing, and truth is, and faith is simply putting truth in uh, uh, into our life incrementally, and truth is simply uh, agreeing. Faith is simply agreeing with God's word. I can do that. I can do that. How long will it take? It'll take all my life. In heaven, I will not get in faith. There's no adversity there. There's no, there's no uh, what does it say, uh, uh, light affliction. There's no light affliction in, in heaven. There's no devil. There's no sin. There's no curse. There's no contradiction. There's no strife. So I won't be in faith in heaven. But down here, you better be in faith. Or you'll be swept out to sea. You'll, you, like, where is he? Ah, uh, he took off from faith one, one year. Just decided that he want, he, he's tired of going to church all the time. He's tired of reading the Bible all the time. He's tired of being, he wants to have some fun. We want to go get us a six pack and go and get us some stuff and go and just be, we want to be free. 
Hope we can pull you back in. In our culture, you know, it's, it's that right now. We got one more scripture, and we're going to go to Romans chapter 4, and then we'll, we'll quit. We won't be finished, but we'll quit. This stuff helps us. It helps us sort it out. It, it's, you know all this. You any one of you could have come up here and preached it. Everybody in here knows this. But you, you, we got to be stirred up all the time about this. We have to. And this is what we have at River Church. This is our, this is our edge. It's our only edge. It's the only edge we're pursuing. We're not, we're not pursuing a building or pursuing a dance team or pursuing singles group or pursuing a big youth program. We're not, we're not, it's not even on our, someone says, well, are you going to get a youth program? Well, we're trying and someday, we're, we don't even know if we'll ever have a youth program. 85% of all youth program youth go to college and abdicate from the faith. Six out of seven. Don't even know God a year after they go to college. Don't tell me about youth program. Amen. Uh, verse 17 says, as it is written. So we're talking about Abraham here. Oh, this, this chapter 4 of Romans is so rich. As it is written, God says, I have made thee, Abraham, a father of many nations. He told him this when he didn't have anybody, didn't have any children. Now, I'm telling you, there's a little leap there. There's a little contradiction there. You got a contradiction? He says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He says, I'm going to make your kids like the multitude of the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And you don't have any kids, and you are older than a rock. It's not even like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'll go get me a wife, and when we're about 25, we'll crank out some kids. You are older than dirt. And... God says, I'm going to use you. I have picked you out. Well, he's picked us out. He's picked out Pam, and he's picked out Lisa, and he's picked out Wendy. He's picked us out. We don't even know. He hadn't told us specifically because he wants us to say yes to the general. You don't get details with God until you say yes to the general things. I'll read the Bible. I'll believe your word. I'll keep my life separate. When you say yes to that, God says, I got some details I can show you. But you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't bring your four-year-old a shotgun and say, play with this. And there's some shells over there, but don't bother them. They're in the drawer right there. And they go in this way, and you put them in there. But don't play with it. I'm, I'm going to town for two hours. We got to call 911. Well, God's not, any, he's not, he's not that dumb either. He's not going to give us what we could blow up until we've said yes to some things. The Bible says until you're a steward over another man's stuff, you cannot have your own stuff. I was telling, about, I was telling Deborah about Bill Winston saying that he, he went to a meeting, he, go, he travels, and uh, he, he had a rental car, and he pulled in. It said, you got to fill up before you return it. And he opened the little door on the gas tank, and it said, uh, Supreme, uh, what's that, that best fuel? Premium. Yeah, premium, premium, that's it. It said premium fuel only. And he's there by himself, turning in the, you know, at the gas station before he goes and turns it in. Nobody cares. Nobody's looking. Nobody's going to turn him in. And he looks at the pump, and it's, you know, two ninety nine or three fifty. What are you going to do? Well, of course, you know what you're going to do. But what does the true steward do? He's honest when no one's looking. 
He's faithful over another man's stuff. You go, this is extreme. What I'm wanting from God is extreme. I'm wanting his promises activated in my life at every turn, and I want them full strength. I don't want any, I don't want any two-star brain surgeon working on me. I want one that's never had a Bible, and I want a God that's like, we can do this. So I'm, I'm putting in $350 gas, and no one thanks me, no one cares, no one, no one but the Lord. You see what I'm saying? This thing's like, well, I didn't know it was that deep. Know the truth, and you get free. Now, I'm going somewhere with my life. Always have been. It's nothing new. There's no story to tell like, oh, I wonder what happened. Nothing. I've always been going somewhere. Are you going somewhere with your life? Of course you are. You wouldn't be here. This is an inconvenient church. We are inconvenient. This is our sixth locale since we've been here. We are inconvenient. We are unconventional. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying we're, we're just we're, we're playing the hand the Lord dealt us. And I'm in faith about it that everything is turning out amazing. But until it's until it's amazing, it's still turning. And I've decided just to have fun at every turn, not say, well, Lord, someday this will be fun. I'm having a blast right now. And I'm telling you, the Spanish church, they can't even speak English. The secretary called yesterday or day before and said, we want to know if we can move in with y'all. <laughs> well, we just moved in. <laughs> the, the Nazarenes told me, I, why am I telling you this stuff? They said, if y'all hadn't come along, we were closing. Because our people are passing away. They did, they did a funeral the other day. They just got... He said, we, we couldn't make it. And now they're, they're going to put a sign on their building, and they painted their hall. Guess what color they painted it? <laughs> and they put new flooring down. Yeah, they took up some old uh, carpet, pink carpet, and put flooring down. They're excited. And all we've done for them, we, we've just paid one set of utilities. Well, actually half of those. And uh, we've painted... Something that they never went into. See, we're having an effect on people. They're fired up. They're coming on Wednesday, actually. We're going to invite them to Joe Morris. Say, y'all come over here and get an get a end times message. Joe is going to treat them real good. He's not like me. He's nice. Okay, I've got to finish the scripture here. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Who was it? Even God. What, who is this God who quickeneth the dead, resurrects the dead, so nobody's done until God says you're done? Your marriage, your business, your money, your, nothing's done until God says, that's it. Don't look to me. Well, he never will. Everything's on the table with God. Nothing's impossible to him who believes, the word says. Jesus said he quickeneth the dead. What else does God do? Two things that the Word says that He does that we should do. He quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. There's how you solve the contradiction. This says it's true, but the Word says this is truth. There's a contradiction. What do you do? You call things that seem true, you, you discount them and call in the truth. So the doctor says, you got diabetes? 
I'm healed, whole, and healthy, and by the stripes of Jesus, I've been delivered. I've been healed. Well, that's not true. No, but it's truth. He said, go higher. Go higher. Look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are, are uh, temporal, fleeting, and passing away. And the things which are not seen are eternal. Go long. Go long. Don't go short. Go long. Well, how do you go long? Well, you better have, some, you better have something under you. You better have something in you. Because if you go long and you're a short, you hadn't been doing anything, and they say you got to go 30 minutes on this treadmill and you're just a 15-minute boy, it isn't going to happen today. So I better get in there. I only do about 19 and a half minutes, but I better get in there if I got to do 30 by the end of the month. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And wasn't that a good joke? <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> now, if y'all aren't having fun in church, we're going to start making cupcakes on Sunday morning. Whatever it takes for y'all to say, I had fun in church. It was the cupcakes. Oh, we didn't take an offering. Not too late. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Joey's got one. How many of y'all think we ought to give Joey?